Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Holidays After Dark, the podcast that explores the dark side of the holidays we all know and love. I'm your host, Kristen. This month is all about Christmas in July, and I am definitely here for it. My television has rarely switched away from Hallmark Channel and the Christmas movies they are playing all month long. Being able to recognize Christmas in July has always felt like such a treat for me, and a much-needed break from the terribleness I find summer to be. I am counting down the days until cooler temperatures and cozy sweaters make their return. But in the meantime, once I decided I wanted to make both July episodes of the podcast all about Christmas in July, I thought a fun thing to do for one of them would be to watch a Christmas horror movie. There are many to choose from, but after some thought, I went with one I had actually never seen before, Krampus. I'm going to share my thoughts, feelings, and analysis of this movie, but before I do, let's run through a synopsis of the film for those who haven't seen it yet, and as a refresher for those who have. Let's dissect this creepy Christmas tale. Krampus is a 2015 American horror fantasy film based upon the fictional character from Germanic folklore of the same name, which I touched on in my last episode. The film features some pretty big actors, such as Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Koechner, and someone I have always personally loved, the late, great Conchata Farrell. It was released on December 4, 2015 by Universal Pictures. Krampus begins with an opening sequence that depicts some of the comical yet sadly true stereotypes of people gone mad at the holidays, setting the scene for a Christmas movie gone wrong. On what is presumably Black Friday, shoppers are seen pushing each other over to get into a store and getting into fistfights over merchandise. At one point, a pair of shoppers is even tased by security. Cut to December 22nd, when a suburban family gets together to celebrate the holidays. Tom and Sarah, their children Beth and Max, Sarah's sister Linda, Linda's husband Howard, their children Stevie, Jordan, Howie Jr., and their baby daughter Chrissy, Sarah and Linda's aunt Dorothy, and Tom's Austrian mother, who is affectionately referred to as Omi. Omi seems to be a little suspicious, or like she's harboring a really dark secret. Max wants to continue the family's Christmas traditions, but tensions between various members of the family keep everyone from having a good time, and the family loses their Christmas spirit. Jordan and Stevie take Max's letter to Santa and read it in front of the family, mocking and embarrassing Max. Max angrily shreds his letter to Santa and throws it out the window into the sky. Shortly after, a snowstorm appears and cuts off power in the entire town. On December 23rd, with no hot water, heat, or power, Max looks out of the window and sees a snowman in the yard that they didn't build. A mysterious bag that looks a lot like Santa's sack of toys also arrives at the house. During the outage, teenage daughter Beth decides she wants to go to her boyfriend's house and is attacked and taken during her journey by a creature with horns. Once her parents decide she has been gone for a strangely long time, Tom and Howard travel to Beth's boyfriend's house in search of her and find it in devastation, 
with the chimney split open, as well as large goat-like hoof prints on the floor. After Howard is attacked and bitten by a creature in the snow, the two men retreat back to the house. Fearing what they do not yet understand, the family boards up the doors and windows, promising Sarah they will look for the missing Beth when morning comes. When the family falls asleep, Cousin Howie is woken up by the sounds of a chain coming down the chimney, with a demented-looking gingerbread cookie hanging from it. When he bites it, it comes to life and wraps around him. As he screams, the family tries to pull him back, but they lose grip, and Howie screams in horror as he has taken up the chimney. All that comes back down is his left shoe. Omi finally reveals to the family what is happening. They are being tormented by Krampus, an ancient demonic spirit that punishes those who are bad at Christmas, referring to him as the shadow of St. Nicholas. Omi admits that when she was young, her family's poverty, the town's fading belief, and the loss of the Christmas spirit caused her to lose her love for the holidays. This summoned Krampus, resulting in her parents and the town being dragged into hell. She alone was spared by the demon, who left behind a bauble with his name inscribed on it as a reminder of what happens when one loses their Christmas spirit. As Omi weeps in sadness, everyone but Uncle Howard is believing it. Howard opens the front door to go outside and get Howie back, but then sees a bunch of creepy snowmen, one of which looks like Howie. Shadowy figures loom behind the snowmen, cackling evilly. Sarah closes the door, pulling Howard back inside with her. On December 24th, the storm still looms over the snowy sky with lightning and thunder. In the attic, Linda wants to rewrap the gifts from the mysterious Santa bag of presents for the kids until it suddenly begins shaking. Stevie and Jordan, while on their way to the bathroom, hear a voice from the attic, mistaking it for Beth's. The family runs to the attic and witness a large, snake-like jack-in-the-box monster eating Jordan and are attacked by a group of monstrous toys that emerged from the bag, but manage to escape and save Stevie. When the family dog runs into the air vents to attack the jack-in-the-box, it breaks through the ceiling and the toys attack again. Just as Aunt Dorothy is about to kill the jack-in-the-box with a gun, monstrous-looking elves break in and take her, the baby, and Howard. Krampus is heard landing on their roof, and the rest of the family members quickly decide to make a run for it. Omi decides to stay back to face Krampus, but is then knocked out by the toys from his sack. As the family almost makes it to an abandoned snowplow, Tom stays behind to fight off the creature under the snow, but runs out of ammo and is then taken. Linda and Sarah are both then taken too, after they get Max and Stevie in the snowplow, but they discover it won't start and are attacked by the elves. After the elves take Stevie, Krampus appears in front of Max and gives him a bauble with his name on it, wrapped in a piece of his shredded Santa letter, before vanishing. Max realizes that he is the reason why Krampus came. Max travels through the snowy neighborhood until he eventually finds Krampus and his elves with Stevie. 
Krampus is in his sleigh pulled by a large goat-like creature. Max confronts and pleads with Krampus, who opens a pit to hell, to give his family back and take him instead. Krampus wipes Max's tear and then laughs evilly along with his elves and makes the elves throw Stevie into the pit. He then picks Max up and holds him over the pit. Max apologizes to the demon for losing his Christmas spirit and says he just wanted to have the kind of Christmas they used to have, but Krampus still drops Max into the pit as he screams. Max suddenly awakens in his bed on Christmas morning. He looks out his window and sees that the neighborhood has returned to normal and finds his presence under the tree and his family sitting around the living room ready to celebrate together. Believing that the entire experience had been a dream, he opens a present and discovers the Krampus bobble. The family falls silent and remembers what happened as the scene pans out to reveal Krampus watching them inside a snow globe in his lair. The last shot of the movie is Krampus in his lair looking at his snow globes that contain many families living their lives. A jump scare from the demented toys occurs, and the screen cuts to black. So let's start with my opinion of the film. Before I watched it, I did my normal run-through on IMDb, and when I saw how many well-known actors are in this film, it got my hopes up that it would be good. I feel it lived up to my expectations. This movie kept me engaged from start to finish, and I felt it was the perfect length. There was no shortage of jump scares and tense moments that kept it from ever getting boring. At one point, it did kind of make me wonder if the family's world was ever going to return to normal. The film was aesthetically pleasing and somehow still managed to capture the feeling of the holiday spirit intertwined with the essence of a horror film. Toni Collette played Sarah with the level of deep intensity I have seen from her in other roles, and it was a very solid performance. The boy who played Max, MJ Anthony, did a fantastic job and really brought an intense sense of wonder, maturity, and sensitivity to the role. In my opinion, the absolute scene-stealer of Krampus is Conchata Farrell. She always seemed to have that capability in every film I've ever seen her in, and her comedic timing and one-liners in this movie made me laugh out loud multiple times. She also has a totally badass moment in the film where she kills a few of Krampus's demented toys, and that made me appreciate her role even more. Even though Krampus is a horror movie, I felt that the biggest message that came through overall was the importance of always keeping the Christmas spirit in your heart. While it was scary and unsettling at times, it didn't make me feel down in the dumps about Christmas. That's what I'm always afraid of in holiday horror movies, that they will make the holiday lose a lot of its appeal. But if anything, it made me want to love and appreciate keeping the holiday spirit alive even more than I already do, which I thought for sure would be impossible at this point because of how much I already love it. I know for many people, including multiple people in my own life, the Christmas season can be a big stress inducer. Some people still carry around negative feelings about Christmas time due to things like less than ideal childhood Christmases or the overwhelming pressure of gift giving and making sure the holidays go off without a hitch. 
Although I understand where people who have these more negative feelings about Christmas are coming from, I've always had a hard time relating to that feeling. For me, Christmas has always been the opposite, a time when the stress that comes with the rest of the year seems to dissipate for a bit. But regardless of how you feel about the Christmas season, I truly believe it is so important to just try to have at least a little hope and excitement this time of year, just like the movie portrays. Take a moment and be grateful for the people in your life this time of year. Be thankful for time with family, even if everyone doesn't have much in common. Take a second and appreciate all the good things that happened to you since last Christmas, be it a fun trip, good news at work, or maybe just fun experiences with friends. The film really shows a you-don't-know-what-you've-got-until-it's-gone mentality, both with the holiday season and family aspects. No matter how annoying or exhausting the holiday season and spending it with family may feel to some people, a world without these things is a million times worse. The best part about real life, as opposed to the Krampus-inhabited world depicted in the film, is that even if you find yourself slipping back into negativity and stress, Krampus won't summon you to hell. Worst case, you will just find a Christmas lover like me telling you to perk up and bake some cookies. Krampus himself did not have any redeeming qualities in this film. I was sort of waiting and hoping for a moment of revelation from him at the end, like when the Grinch's heart grows and he learns to love Christmas. But sadly, the opposite happened, with Krampus still appearing to be keeping a watchful eye on the world, ready to strike again when the next family loses their Christmas cheer. The dynamic of the extended family in this movie reminded me immediately of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Like, you could totally do a Christmas Vacation Krampus edition movie, and it would work much the same way this film did. One relationship in the movie between Max and Omi really stuck with me and was very touching. He seems to understand her and her insight more than anyone, and it was easy to tell from the beginning that they have a special connection. He seemed very perceptive to the trauma she had dealt with as a child. In a way, Max was like a younger representation of Omi, with Krampus coming after him for the same reason, and both Max and Omi dealing with this situation in a profound way. Last but not least, I've always enjoyed films that leave you questioning what was real or not at the end. In one instant, you start reanalyzing everything you just watched in an attempt to understand what the characters actually experienced. Endings like that always stay with me for a bit after the film ends, and having that question mark at the end makes me want to watch it again to see if I can pick up on any clues. I would definitely recommend this film as an intense but fun watch either during Christmas in July or the regular holiday season. After watching it, I think you might find yourself feeling a little more grateful for holiday get-togethers and timed with loved ones than you did before. I know I did. I would love to hear your holiday stories, fun facts, or weird trivia. So if you know of something that would be fitting for the podcast, send it my way. Email Kristen at HolidaysAfterDark.com, direct message at Holidays Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, or find us on Facebook. I'll include these in the show notes. 
I would love to feature your story or fun fact on a future episode of Holidays After Dark. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss your dose of holiday darkness. A rate or review would also be greatly appreciated. Thank you to my sister Ashley for producing and editing the podcast. Today I will leave you with a quote from Max's father Tom in the film, which I feel is very accurate in describing many people's extended family dynamics around the holidays. That's what a family is, Max. People you try to be friends with, even when you don't have a lot in common.